when you are using these ideas and tactics that are based not on wisdom of God and the Holy Spirit, but instead on manipulation and abuse and power and authority to lord over, not to see something healthy develop in this child. You are using the tactics of the enemy. Welcome to the All of Life Show. I'm your host, Stuart White, along with my wife, Alicia White, people. Yep, that is her name. That is my name, not Alicia White, people, just Alicia White. Yeah, that would be a, that would be a really weird usual name. name. No offense to people with the last name people, but you know. Are there people with the last name? I, I would assume there's got to be people with last names named people. You just alienated how maybe dozens of people <laughs> from listening sorry. to the show. It's going to take me the whole show to get over that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're off to a good start, folks. Um, so this is going to be a good show because we have an answer to our question from a couple episodes ago. Our an- question one, two, or three that Alicia asked me. We and do. She is going to so graciously repeat them to us. And uh, then we will tell you at near the end of the episode. Oh, yeah. We're definitely going to make you wait. Yeah. We are milking it. Okay. Do you want me to tell them the options now? Recap? Yeah, recap the options so so they can be thinking about them. The options were option one, we're going to sell our house, move into the rental, pay it off, and have no mortgage, save up to buy property, and um, build a house. That was option one. Option two was sell our house, buy the rental, put the money in the bank, and use it for future investments like flipping foreclosures and things like that. And option three was sell the house, buy a trailer, and travel for the summer, um, having fun experiences, taking the podcast on the road, and such and such. So we have come up with a fun plan for our family. And there was one of those where she was going to sell the children with it. We were never going to sell the children. That was a joke. Well... I like to reuse jokes, so okay. We're there gonna, you go. We're going to uh, tell you guys what our what we've decided after after the show. So stay tuned. Can I just tell you, I'm really enjoying the new chair that I got to sit in. It's not squeaky anymore. It's not so squeaky. Well, well, that was okay, a little bit of a squeak, <laughs> but it is comfy. That's all that matters. So. I noticed that you set up your chair, but you didn't set up mine. I know. Well, you're really enjoying sitting in your chair. I, I think. am. I'd be fine if you yeah. never set it up. I'd actually be fine if you returned it and got the money back. <laughs> mm, no, no, not going to happen. I love you, babe. I love you too. <laughs> well, so today's show, everybody, is going to be about what we were reading an article on uh, ccef.org. The article is called, What Kind of Parent Are You? It's written by one of their faculty, Julie Lowe. Really quick, can you say what ccef.org is? ccef.org is a center for counseling, uh, Christian Counseling Education Foundation. And uh, very good stuff, lots of good people. We've mentioned it before. Um, They're a great resource, and uh, I frequent their site and listen to their podcasts, and you should too, so check them out. So, in this particular article, the title of it is called, What Kind of Parent Are You? And we thought since one of our areas that we talk about on this show is parenting, this would be a really great one to kind of just use as a little bit of a catalyst to uh, get conversation going. But uh, the gist of the article 
is that there are all these types of parenting that are out there from labeling kinds and methods and techniques. And uh, one person will laud the glory of one particular technique to the shame of some other one. And then another person will do the opposite and tell you why this one is actually much better. And you should be ashamed of yourself for ever thinking about doing this particular technique. And all of them seem to have these flaws in them. um, But they mainly center around that the parenting is about the child and their individuality and their autonomy and their the just raising them in in this way that if you are attempting to raise from a biblical perspective uh that may not actually be the biblical way to raise your children and so she goes on um to say that uh we have assumptions that and beliefs that are in the way that we're talking to our children raising our children um, and what our ultimate goal is should actually be to raise children to know, love, fear, serve the Lord, to know Jesus. Um, so, and uh, rather, uh, some of these parenting models, they always end up with this like one size fits all for every type of child. Babe, can you read some of those parenting models that were in the article? Because I think yeah. that was really interesting. Well, she starts it off with like kind of a laundry list of things, but helicopter parenting, lawnmower parenting, free range parenting, tiger parenting. I have no idea what that is. Uh, attachment parenting, baby led, and serenity parenting. And she goes, list of descriptive parenting terms, and it's endless. And then She says, here are some of hers, janitorial parenting, letting your children do whatever they desire, and then you clean up after their mistakes, allowing them to avoid accountability. I thought that one was pretty funny because I feel like that that describes us a lot of times where we're like, clean up your mess. (laughs) All right, fine, I'm just going to do it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, and then she goes on saying, like, we regularly have these labels and these things and you know, people will judge you if you're not doing the pet label that they have right now, um, or you'll judge people. And um, so, yeah, that that's a few of them. Um, and then she asks, uh, so are parents overprotective and overinvolved or too lenient and uninvolved? Who makes the judgment? And then what you may criticize as unwarranted, I may deem completely appropriate. What you call excessive, I may call necessary. Or what you deem uninvolved, I may call confidence or trust in my child. After all, I think we would all agree that there are no clear answers to questions like how old should a child be to be left home alone? Or what age should a child have a cell phone or a particular level of freedom? And as we were reading this, I made the joke to my wife that, well, we can all probably agree one-year-old is probably way too little to be leaving your child home alone. But, you know, I think... (laughs) Someone's not going to appreciate that. Someone's not. I mean, somebody, but... Offense is a free service that we offer. (laughs) So she says, uh, for these kinds of questions, we might be able to agree to disagree, but there are other parenting problems that create more objective concerns. Uh, And one such concern is when parents shape their role based on what feels most comfortable or desirable for them. Mm. And yeah, that is, um, man, basically it's saying much of the parenting advice that is out there tends to be shaped around what the parent 
what will make your life easier. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily what will make your child's life uh, more oriented toward meeting Christ and growing in Christ. And so much of that information that you're talking about that is what will make your life easier is centered around behavior modification. So what can you do to force your child to listen to what you say so that your life can be more comfortable, Mm -hmm. which really has nothing to do with the child's heart or training them. It just has to do with changing their behavior to make your life comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Really, you could say the way that we approach parenting is often the same way we approach um, our own spiritual growth too. Because if you're approaching your parenting from this perspective of um, behavior modification, like you mentioned, you know, the, the main thing is that if my child does this undesirable behavior, if I can get the behavior to stop, then somehow uh, that means that their heart has changed when really it may not have changed. Depending on the child, if you have a child who is more compliant, maybe it has changed, but they may be resentful toward you. Or if you have a child who's more clever and realizes, I will get what I want if I do what it is you want. Well, now you've just reinforced uh, a manipulative a manipulative tactic in them and, and getting their idol in that way. And so, so much of behavior modification really is reinforcing the idols of a child. Like, you're not calling out those idols and then pointing them to Jesus as the only one who can deliver us from our slavery to sin and idolatry. You are actually going, hey, look, that idol that you really love, I will give it to you as long as you give to me what it is that I want that will make me, what she says here in the article, happy, comfortable, life will be easier on me. So basically we're all just manipulating each other in those moments. Yeah. You know, we wonder, it's not that our kids aren't born sinners, you know, you may disagree with that statement, but read your Bible. Um, But we we are, are, are also teaching them, you know, it, it, we are teaching them how to uh, manipulate. We are teaching them how to be strategic in their tactics, you know, and that's what often parenting is looked at in from a non-gospel type of perspective is simply what tactics can I employ that will make them compliant? And, you know, that's you're leaving Jesus out. Um, and th- this is going to be a tangent uh, here, but you like to do that. I love tangents, man. Uh, not as much as tangerines, but <laughs> you don't eat tangerines at all. Babe. Yeah, I should probably go on fewer tangents and eat more tangerines. Um, so tangent, I remember this from growing up and we were homeschooled and I always tell people this, like when they go, oh, you were homeschooled. I cannot believe that. And Usually that's that means like you're not. You seem so you, normal. That means you have a, a modicum of social skill or you know respect or something. I don't know, but anyway, the thing that I remember was you had your your categories of homeschoolers. You had the very awkward social behavior ones. You had the very religious ones. And I I remember meeting a lot of homeschooled families in these groups that we would go to, and a majority were from some sort of religious background or something where the parents' main aim in their raising of their children was to make them so that they wouldn't need Jesus. Like, ultimately, that was their aim 
in homeschooling. I will remove them from the evil, sinful world that's out there, thus preventing sin from ever entering their heart. And then they will be raised to this in this perfect uh, world where nothing bad has ever happened. Like they're trying to recreate the Garden of Eden pre-fall in their children, and it won't work. <laughs> and what usually happened was either the kids got self-righteous, but I think most often they they just couldn't handle the pressure and the weight because as soon as they can get out of the house yeah under that yeah and they would rebel and so you could say that multiple kinds of parenting would probably fit that like she listed helicopter parenting and, and other things but that parenting where it's supposedly christian families christian homes who should know and understand the gospel and a key part of that is like so the gospel for for if you're unfamiliar fully with the term really means the good news usually like if a doctor comes in and says i have good news but he hasn't told you well why would that matter like did you you know save a lot of money on your car insurance or something or no but if he says first i have to tell you you have cancer but i have good news i have a cure like gospel in this sense really the gospel first comes with there is bad news the cancer of sin you know and the way that um, so much of this stuff, like we get off uh, of track of, of where, where we should go with our children and everything else is we forget those parts. We forget, oh, there was bad news. And the good news is an answer to the problem. You know, it's not just this vague out there kind of, oh, good news. You know, I don't know, like what? <laughs> Usually good news is in response. I have a whole load of tangerines for you. Yeah. Good news. Mm, man. And I'll say, got any tangents to go with that? Uh, that was the dumbest joke we have ever yeah, made we, on the entire show. You can, you can please leave a review, um, <laughs> but please don't mention Humor tangerines Humor is tangents. subpar. But, yeah, we end up forgetting these two things of the gospel and we do it with our parenting and we do it with our careers and we do it with all these things. But back to the parenting focus, these Christian homes raise their children to effectively not need Jesus. And if the child recognizes in their own heart that there's still something wrong, like I can paint the outside to look really good, but the inside they're honest with themselves and they're maybe a little more tender hearted toward it. They're, they're just going to get like, I can't handle the pressure. I can't handle the weight. Um, but if they're more blinded, like maybe you're raising them to be more self-centered because you, all you've ever done is praise them, um, they, you might be making a good little narcissist. You know, the, this I, I joke all the time. Well, I don't know if all the time would be accurate, but have made the joke a few times that I think all of us are basically just born little narcissists and part of parenting is getting you to see beyond the, you know, beyond your nose and see that other people exist and their heart and their lives and having empathy for them is something that um, you should be able to do. And a lot of the like full uh, grown like narcissists and stuff as they get older, they're just people who didn't have that dealt with as a child or it was reinforced rather than like rooted out. So yeah, I think that that's, that's something uh, with that direction of parenting as you, 
you place the burden of the law upon them, thinking that it's going to set them free if, if sin just doesn't exist in their lives. But So what would you say are ways, uh, I don't want to say that we parent the kids because I think that, I mean, we succeed and fail both in this area. But well, so then in that case, what would you say are ways that we try to parent the kids? And then what are some ways that we have been failing lately in parenting the kids? Whichever one you can give me the good news or the bad news first. Well, as those listening may or may not know, we have three uh, kids of our own and uh, they are, we have two girls and a boy. Boy is the youngest, ages almost 10. Uh, six and three and right now it's to even to the point in this article where she's saying each one has different personality different traits different ways that you're going to need to approach them and I find that very true like yeah they're all going to do things and be crazy kids uh, from time to time but trying to not just be a one shoe, you know, one size fits all for each kid, you know, and just be this parent who parents from a heavy hand and, and laying down the law for them, but rather to, to approach their heart. Like I I can think of a, an instance, we, we had something with, uh, our, our middle child, Momo stands uh, short for Melody. Don't know how you get that out of Melody, but, um, (laughs) yeah, but we did, you know, you just, you just keep, morphing it and then you come up with like another version of it so uh yeah she was having just a hard time obeying getting to sleep and um we had disciplined her and been firm and and everything else and she um she was not like there was no breaking of that stubborn will you know and we're not talking about like destroying but when we're talking breaking we're saying the things that your children do where they double down on sin and they double down on stubbornness where as an adult, this will not function, you know, this will not fly. Those are the things where it's like you're trying to help them come away from this. And so we're doing things that we think are, well, you know, you may have different opinions on this, but disciplining, spanking, things like that, that might be the thing that you're like, well, we should do this in this situation because clearly this child is being stubborn and the only way to get their attention is to do this. Well, we had tried several things and it was not working. And then there was just something within me where I think it was like, it was a Holy Spirit kind of moment. And I just, I went in and I just laid down with her in bed and I just held her and I started to cry. Like I was holding her and I was like, all I could think, and I, I didn't even say it, but I was like, she was, she kept saying that she was scared because she, what the situation was is she was not going to sleep in her room, which she shares her room with her older sister. And she got moved to the guest room and she was saying that she was scared in there. And it was like the thing that I felt that God spoke to me in that moment was where she's at as as a child is she's afraid and instead of shaming her in that or just trying to like go well you will obey or else I just had this moment of sometimes I get scared too and so I curled up next to her and I just held her and everything just melted 
And it was like this moment where I was like, I didn't even know like what I was, why I was doing it exactly. But for her having that connection on that heart level, it will melt her quicker than, you know, spankings or, or anything like that will necessarily. There may be times where that is more necessary. But, but yeah, that, I, I kind of went long on your no, question. I there. love that, babe. I'm, I'm glad that you shared that. I wasn't even thinking of that moment, but that was a good one because, I mean, you can share the success in that. I feel like that moment was more of a failure for me um, because in that moment, I mean, I'm glad that the spirit gave you that like <laughs> moment of wisdom and yeah. clarity. But for me, I was thinking like, she has a stubborn will. This needs to be disciplined out of her. She's using being scared as an excuse to manipulate us. We can't allow that to happen. You mm-hmm. know, these are the things that I'm thinking in my own mind, which maybe I'm just projecting onto her what I would have done in that situation if that were me. I don't know. But I know that for me, Momo is so tough because I, um, I lose sight of parenting for her heart. And I like, I don't know why, but like I can do that with brother and, and even more so with Avi, but with Momo, maybe she just reminds me (laughs) too much of myself. Yeah. (laughs) That's probably what it is, but you know, she can be, she can be so stubborn and strong willed and something inside me thinks I have to break this. And, and what I'm, forgetting is that it's not my job to break it. It's the Lord's, Mm -hmm. you know, it's my job to walk through it with her and to love her and to recognize that, um, the sin in her life isn't a reflection of me as a parent, but to figure out how to love her through that, because that's how God loves us through our sin, you know? Yeah. And I don't sometimes just, I don't know how to do that. Yeah. I, I know like in that moment, the thing that hit me too was like, it is the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. And I was beginning to reflect on that and go, okay, how am I not reflecting that kindness of God? How am I not projecting that to her? Um, and again, like my heart going into that, I saw how frustrated you were getting with how, how stubborn she was being. And I was getting frustrated right away. It, it was like I was already upset. And then it was like this moment of clarity of just just meet her where she is. And, um, and I think that goes even to like what this article says. Like um, parenting never goes well when we blindly accept cultural trends, aim to rebuff or appease the opinions of others, or we base it on ourselves. These take us off track. So like ourselves in that moment. I am frustrated and I'm parenting you from a a place of frustration because you've made me angry and I'm going to let you know and I'm going to direct that anger into disciplining you and you will learn not to do those things. Um, But she says here, it's better to ask yourself, what do my children want and or need? And then the next question is, is it biblical? And I love this. She says, the solution is always intentional, wise, godly parenting. Wisdom requires us to consider the specifics of the circumstances and the needs of each child. And then she says, temperament, weakness, temptations, and capabilities before deciding how to parent them in a particular situation. And we must have thoughtful philosophical values for why we choose to parent in certain ways. And these should be based on biblical principles. Uh, 
I, I love how she approaches that. Like, again, it is very much based on the situation and the heart. And she says the need of that child in that moment. And this is kind of, it should seem obvious. Like you, you hear it as a Christian and you're like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that makes sense. Like if we were talking to somebody and trying to like encourage them or even provide wise counsel uh, to that person, we would be going, okay, what does the word of God say? What is it I'm hearing them say? I'm, I'm listening for those things, those, those entries into um, conversation with them and trying to understand. And, and we would engage them. But with our children, they don't communicate in that way. They don't, they're not going to be able to talk about what they're feeling. They're more going to just express it in their anger and their frustration. And it's harder for us not to get frustrated with that and then go right to tactic instead of what is the heart of God in this moment for this child and how am I like this child? Like when I talk to God, when I am frustrated and and I am being a spoiled brat and I'm going, God, that's not fair that you wouldn't give me what I asked for. You know, I want my toy. I want my thing. Um, how am I like that child? And that changes it. Like suddenly you have this grace for that kid, for, for that person. If it's a grown person you're talking to. Um, so yeah, I, I, f- I feel like <clears throat> that really encourages me thinking, thinking it's, you know, what, again, this comes down to, we always try to make a rule or a law out of everything. We're always like looking at it and going, okay, but just tell me what the right way to do things is. And, it seems like with Jesus, he's always going, um, well, come here and talk. Well, you want like a rule, but I want to give you me. I want to, I want to pour out my grace upon you. And that's going to look very different. And also it's going to be criticized. There are going to be people who are like, oh, you clearly are the world's worst parent because the right way to do this in this particular situation is going to be, you know, X, Y, and Z. When you are using these ideas and tactics that are based not on wisdom of God and the Holy Spirit, but instead on manipulation and abuse and power and authority to lord over, not to see something healthy develop in this child. You are using the tactics of the enemy. And that is going to result in, you may have power like you, and that's probably the worst thing that can happen in that is that when you do these things, you think you get the results you want, then you double down on it even more. You're going to continue to do those sinful things because you think, well, it worked. And that happens with parenting. That can happen with relationships and marriages and everything else. But if you can have the willingness to examine your own heart and your own life and look at it and say, what is my motivation in this? What is what is the thing that I'm trying to accomplish? And as a Christian, it should be, I'm trying to bring glory to God and I'm trying to raise children that know God and love God and bring glory to God. And, you know, and that, to know how much God loves them yeah. and wants to be with them. Yeah. Because we focus so much on trying to teach our kids about God but I think the part that we oftentimes miss is teaching them how how he feels for them, how he loves them, how he understands what they're going through. Mm-hmm. And so much of that is first taught through us being able to connect with them in that way. Yeah. 
And how could we possibly connect with them in that way if we don't understand how God feels towards us, loves us, wants to be with us, can identify with us? Yeah. Basically, what you're saying is when it's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance and you're taking that idea and it's like the fact that we love because God first loved us. Mm -hmm. That's part of his kindness. That's what leads us to repentance. And when we see the brokenness and we see that sin when he graciously opens our eyes to that and yet he doesn't look away in shame and uh, hide from us but instead embraces us all the more offering himself out uh, literally himself like Jesus and his life offering uh, redemption to us that changes us that breaks us that brings new life to us so yeah that that tonight today (laughs) you can tell what time of day it is when we're recording, is what we have for you guys. And uh, we will link that article that we were referencing in the show notes. And uh, if you want to read more about it, we really do encourage you to check it out. Check out more articles on CCEF. It was a good tangerine, babe. Oh, man. I, I go off on tangerines I wanted all to tell you, though, really quick, because I can tell you're about to end the show, and I have a good parenting win to tell you. Tell me. I wanted to tell you this week, well, I told you a little bit about it, but I can't remember if I told you the funny part about it. Um, On Sunday, we were getting ready for church and I was doing Momo's hair in the bathroom and we had a friend that was getting baptized after church on Sunday and she wanted to know about baptism. So I explained to her the symbolism behind baptism. And of course, that led to what following God looks like. What, what, What does that mean? So I explained to her what following God means and I gave her the gospel and um, I said, Momo, you are going to have two very important choices in your life. These will be the two most important choices that you'll have to make or decide between. And I put up my fingers and I said, number one, you can choose to glorify God and enjoy him forever. You can choose to follow him and have him be the Lord of your life. And if you do that, then you will be able to be with him forever on this earth and when you die. So that's your option one. Option number two is that you reject him. You decide that you're going to be the Lord of your life and you get to make all the decisions of your life. And so, and I explained it a little bit further, you know, went into detail a little bit more, but I said, I want you to think about that. And she goes, well, I I already know. (laughs) And she points to option one. She goes, I want option number one. I said, well, Momo, I'm really happy to hear that. I, would you like to, would you like to pray and tell God that you would like to choose option one and just thank Him for how much He loves you? And she goes, Yeah, I kind of would, but I think we're going to be late for church, so let's do it later. With <laughs> her little lisp. Yeah, we'll have to have her interviewed on the show sometime, just to, so, so you people can hear can her hear lisp. And I thought. Like I giggled in the moment because I thought I have two choices in this moment. I could say, no, you have to pray and you have to thank God for his gift of salvation on your life and make it this big, like legalistic, like this has to be a moment that you'll always remember. Or I can say like, well, that's really sweet. She wants to like, you know. She wants to pause on the prayer so that we can be on time for church. <laughs> I really appreciated that. And I just let it go. And I was like, all right, we'll circle back around. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I thought, I don't remember if I told you that, but it was pretty cute. Yeah. You told, but you didn't, there, yeah, there were more details in that. Yeah. So it's funny too. Like she was the one that we were, the example I used earlier of um, her being stubborn and then just 
having to hold her and and love on her and uh yeah so you guys you, you don't really know for sure those little things those little moments how they might actually be impacting the lives of your kids but one thing is for certain the way that your children will see God as father and will even throw like it's going to come from your father and mother and both on earth but particularly fathers you have this responsibility on you that you are going to be reflecting God the father to your children and now their salvation is still entirely possible and I'm not saying some sort of weird cultish thing but but you can show the love of Christ to them now and win their hearts, be working at pursuing their hearts like God pursues us. Or you can be uh, counting that as, well, it's not really worth it right now. They're just little, they're just whatever. But they know, they can see that. They know when their dad has this heart for them. They know when their mother has a heart for them. And they know that they can come to them with anything or they can't come to them with anything at all. And you have that gift and that blessing among in your life to be pouring this out into your children. So we want to encourage you with that. And before we go, though... Give me a drum roll. Um, I don't have one, but I do have this awesome sound effect right here. <laughs> That's close enough. I like that. <laughs> okay. Uh, the, the big announcement. Option one or two or three. Babe, I'm going to answer with something that we haven't even talked about. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Correct me if this is not something that you want to do. It's totally fine. I think that we have sort of created an option two, option three fusion. A hybrid. A hybrid option. It's basically the Prius of all options. Mm. <laughs> I think what we have decided to do is we're going to list our house four weeks from today, pretty much four weeks from tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So we're working hard on getting the house ready for that. We are planning on, um, we obviously don't know when we're going to get an offer on the house, but we're going to plan to move into the rental. But before we move into the rental, we are going to do a remodel, which means we will have to have a place to live during the remodel, which means we should probably get a trailer and do mm. at least a little bit of that traveling we talked about. Yeah. Yeah. Do you okay. like it? I like it. Okay. And because that means new truck. Yay. No. Yay. <laughs> I love it. So that's our plan for now. Obviously, the Lord can change those plans. And if he does, that's totes cool. Jesus, but mm -hmm. we are going to proceed with that plan. We're excited about it. Um, lots of mixed emotions, but you know, we're just trying to do the next right thing, which mm -hmm. is another good book you guys should look into. Also a good podcast. You should also check out. Also a good podcast. <laughs> Emily P. Freeman. Yeah. Um, Freeman? Well, folks. Freeman. <laughs> oh man, sorry. I botched that. Babe. You can tell by that theme music coming in right there that, uh, that you're telling your wife to be quiet. Yeah. <laughs> Babe, I line. love you. I love you. I love doing this podcast. Me too. I love you this and your great, great and radio I love you. voice. Thanks. <laughs> You're welcome. So folks, if you want to reach out to us, stay in contact, whatever, you can send us an email, feedback at olivelifeshow.com. 
thank you guys so much that have gone and written a review for the podcast. We can't tell you how much we appreciate that and just like jump for joy every time we see one. So if you feel so prompted, please leave us a review. We love it. We appreciate it. Yeah. Reviews on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, anywhere you can leave a review. Uh, Apple seems to be the highest scoring, highest, uh, not scoring, number of people, uh, listeners go through Apple. So Uh, We really do appreciate that. Um, And you can also be in touch with us on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash all of life show. On our Instagram page at all of life show. And on Twitter at all of life show. Send us an email if you have a topic that you want discussed or something that you're struggling with. We'll never share intimate details on the podcast without your permission. Babe, what's our email address? Feedback at all of life show.com. We love you guys so much. We wouldn't be here if we didn't. Can't wait to talk to you more. God bless.